Welcome into The Harvest. My name is Andrew Stroud, and if you're new to our YouTube channel or you're new to the podcast, this is a reminder that our ministry is all about helping you be a disciple and make disciples for Jesus in the everyday places of life. Our team, we're not coming at this from the standpoint of being experts, but really fellow travelers on the journey. We ourselves are trying to live our faith in the everyday places of life and share it with others and make disciples. So that's where we're coming from. I hope this show can be an encouragement to you. We're just coming off of our summer break, but to be honest, we're a little bit behind schedule still. We're still playing catch up. And so today we've got a special treat. I'm going to repost an interview I did with a friend of mine, John Martin, on a podcast called The Trumpet Call. And it's all about how to become more outward focused as a follower of Jesus. Sometimes Christianity, I think especially in the West here in America, um, we can get the idea that it's really all about us, when in reality it's all about Jesus and us belonging to him, following him, living for him, and representing him to others. And so if that's something that you struggle with, and most of us do, most of us would like to get better at living and sharing our faith, being more outward as followers of Jesus with our beliefs and being more effective at sharing that with others, then hopefully this interview, this show, this video that you're about to watch will be an encouragement to you. Would love to get your feedback on things that have helped you become more outward as a follower of Christ. So if you have those, leave them for us in the comments below. And if you'd like to support this ministry, then the easiest way to do that is to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're listening to this on iTunes, leave us a five-star rating. Leave us a short two to three sentence review. It actually helps the, vis the visibility of the show. More people see it and come across it, and hopefully more people get encouraged by it to, to live a life of faith in the modern age. So if you can do that for us, that'd be great. We'd really appreciate it. And without further ado, here's my conversation with John Martin of the Trumpet Call podcast on how to become more outward as a follower of Jesus. Uh, welcome to the Trumpet Call podcast. I'm your host, John Martin, and here we are with a special guest, Andrew Stroud from San Diego, who's the founder of the ministry Into the Harvest, which is a ministry dedicated to helping people live and share their faith in modern life. So thanks so much for joining us, Andrew. Yeah, John, thanks for inviting me on. It's, uh, it's a privilege to be here with you. Awesome. So we've been going through these five marks of a disciple maker. We're currently on mark number four, which is living among those who don't know or don't follow Christ. So I couldn't think of a, well, I, we talked about this offline, Andrew, but years ago, you made a comment about the only way to see the kingdom advance is to see people enter it, new people enter it. And that always struck me. I, I loved that comment. It was awesome to hear affirming or and challenging. It was challenging to hear, and it was uh, pointed. So I thought, man, I'd love to hear your thoughts on living among those who don't know or don't follow Christ. Yeah, it's a, so, it's a great it's a great topic, man. Yeah, I'm excited. Okay, so um, first question: uh, This ministry God's given you, you know, put in front of you into the harvest. What's been the scriptures and experiences that you've had that have really burdened you? Or going into the harvest. Well, the uh, the name itself comes from Matthew's Gospel, Matthew chapter nine, at the end of the chapter. And if you read that passage, then you see that Jesus has been very active. He's been moving around from place to place, teaching people the message of the kingdom, healing people, 
And towards the end, he has this crowd of people who are coming to him from all over the surrounding area. And he also has his 12 disciples with him. And it says that when Jesus saw the multitude, he felt compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Um, and he turned to his disciples and he told them to pray to the Lord of the harvest that he would send out workers into his harvest. And so that's really where the name into the harvest comes from. So it really, it really is birthed from scripture and even more so, I think, from the heartbeat of Jesus. Because if you think about it, Jesus had what every megachurch pastor would dream of. He had thousands of people coming to him, wanting to listen to him, wanting to be around him. And we would look at that and say that was a great success. But when Jesus saw that, it says that his, uh, he felt compassion. And if you study that, that term in the scripture, it was almost like his stomach was in knots. So it's a, very, it's a very descriptive word. Felt compassion doesn't really capture it. But he was greatly troubled by seeing these crowds of people coming to, them, to him because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. And so his solution that he wanted his disciples to be aware of was that, that workers needed to be sent out into the harvest. And so I really, I really fixate on those two phrases, sent out into, and that's really what we're going to be talking about today, I think, is how do we, how do we take messengers who, have, who, have, who know Jesus and send them out into the everyday places of life so that they can represent Jesus and, and help other people come to know him, rather than waiting for those people to come into our, our safety zones, our, our church buildings, or our communities, and then that's where they're going to meet Jesus. How do we take the gospel out into the everyday places? So good. So, yeah, and with that, Andrew, you have the same Bible I have, same Bible everyone else has, um, but this has captured you maybe in a unique way than others. I mean, God's given you a vision for this. What were some wickets along the way that just deepened this in a way that um, has led you where you're at? Man, there's, there's been several things. Everyone has, has a journey. Uh, they have their story. Some of the things that have been unique about my story, I think, is, um, is I met the navigators. I met uh, Cecil and Jeannie Bean. I think I was 20 years old when I met Cecil. Um, and I, I, at the time, I had already come to faith. I was really looking for someone to help me live out my faith. And I was going to, you know, a traditional Sunday service and trying to learn through the opportunities that were there. But uh, I was also really looking for a real person and, and how to live this out in Monday through Saturday. That, that's what I really wanted to learn. And so I think being around Cecil and Jeannie for those seven years between um, the age of 20 and 27, I think it, uh, it helped me see how they were living out their faith and sharing their faith um, outside of, of just structured religious events or spiritual events. They were also opening their home, opening their, their, their table, their family table, um, doing events with people that were not strictly spiritual, but they were bringing Jesus into all of life. And so I think that really was uh, helpful to see that model. Also, like you, John, I've been around the military community for much of my adult life. And I think uh, the military is kind of unique because it's such a transient uh, community. You have things like the chapel program, but, but that's different than the traditional church. And so I think maybe just seeing the need 
to have followers of Jesus who knew their faith and were able to share it outside of those traditional structures was maybe more obvious to me because you couldn't rely on those traditional structures the way you could. I grew up in Kentucky. Um, you know, in Kentucky, it's very, not a lot changes from week to week. And so those traditional structures maybe are able to meet that need better than um, a society that's moving and changing all the time. And the thing is, I think that's where our society as a whole is going. It's becoming much more chaotic and uh, much less um, anchored in the traditional church. So now more than ever, I think we, we need believers to know their faith and know how to live and share it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. And so San Diego is probably a prime example. I mean, when I think of San Diego, I think of a city that's kind of moving, shaking. I mean, there's military there, but it's just got so many so fluid so many different things going on yeah it's a very diverse it's actually a very diverse city we're um we're right on the border with mexico so tijuana is the sister city for san diego literally the only thing uh separating them is the line on the map and um uh, a border wall now but i mean they really are it's a very it's a very international city um truly international city and so um yeah, there is a there is a lot going on here. Um, there's a lot of diversity and a lot of opportunity. I think. Yeah, that's great. Okay, so ha- this is questions kind of been. Um, I'm excited. To, I'm hopeful to hear where this goes. But uh, Jesus talks about the harvest being plentiful. Have you ever run into or been discipling somebody who said, "I don't see it, Andrew. I do not see a harvest that is plentiful." <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's actually the norm for us, right? Um, and in fact, uh, you know, there's a couple passages, Matthew 9, Jesus, the one that we were just talking about, um, he saw the people and his disciples saw the crowds, but Jesus saw the people as sheep without a shepherd. He saw a plentiful harvest. Uh, I think the disciples at that point, they just saw people. Um, and we know that that's the case in John chapter 4, which is another famous passage where Jesus tells his disciples to lift up their eyes and look on the fields that they're white for harvest. And I think Jesus has to, has to teach us that because our human way of, of seeing people, when, when we walk by sight and not by faith, um, it really is hard to see the harvest. So um, a plentiful harvest is something that does require faith but we can we can have faith in that because that's what jesus tells us he tells us that the harvest is plentiful even though it may not feel like it's plentiful for us uh, or we may not necessarily be able to see it in the moment um so i I think that's 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 a constant challenge is um it will often not seem like the harvest is plentiful but jesus is is telling us that it is Right. Man, that's so cool. I mean, yeah, I love that. It's like, you know, just feel like when I walk on Camp Lejeune or anybody anywhere, I mean, I love that there's, Jesus is not saying something that everybody notices. He's asking me to come to him and be taught to see it the way he sees it. And I, and that's a great word, Andrew. Yeah, sometimes I I, I think of it this way, John, and, and I'm preaching to the choir here. This is something that... Um, I myself have to wrestle with. It's not something that you figure out and then from there on the harvest is always plentiful and always feels plentiful. I think it's um, it's something that we continually have to go back and trust Jesus that his words are still true. The harvest is plentiful. The workers are few. But one way I think about it is I know that I myself, like I want to know about 
Jesus. I want to learn more about faith. I want to live this, this higher calling. And sometimes I can begin to feel like, well, I'm the only one that feels that way, which is, um, if you just logically think it through, it's, it's not true, you know, that there are other people that have these interests that are out there. They are just not in the same place as I am. They may be at the beginning of their journey. And so uh, just trusting that there are other people, you're not the only person who's interested in the Bible or faith or, mm -hmm. uh, or learning how to follow Jesus. So good. So what about the Christian bubble? How have you managed to work to stay out of it or to, um, you know, to get out of it? Or what's your experience with that? Yeah, this is a, this is another big one because um, obviously I, I mean, I'm in full-time ministry and I've been in full-time ministry um, since my late twenties. So um, I think for us, perhaps uh, more than anyone, it can be very um, natural almost, I would say the natural flow of life will put you into a, a Christian bubble um, where you're, you're building a lot, a lot of your time is spent around the people who are involved in your church or involved in your Bible study. And, and rightly so, because those are, those are people that the Lord has entrusted to you. Those are relationships that you're going to have to give an account for. So when you're in full-time ministry, um, there really is um, it can be very easy to end up where almost all of your relationships are with other believers for us. Um, so I, I guess I'm saying like, I don't think I'm the subject matter expert on this uh, in, in terms of um, I, I really have had to try to find ways to connect with others, whether that's um, for, for us, a lot of it's been through our kids and relationships that we develop uh, through, through them with either their friends or sports teams or, extracurricular activities that they have, parents of those friends, um, you know, the neighborhoods that you live in. Um, for, for, for us, we just did a show on our podcast recently on how hobbies can help you um, diversify your relationships and be more in the harvest. So that's something that um, we've tried to do is just have hobbies outside of, of our Christian circle. Hmm. That's cool. Just doing these small little intentional things, kind of looking at your life and thinking, well, man, I'm not just going to go into my shop and do some woodworking. I'm going to figure out how can I use this to intentionally cultivate some relationships with some guys that don't know Christ. Yeah, being being mindful of those those opportunities. I love the way that Jesus he told his first disciples that they would that they would fish for men. That he would, if they followed him, he would teach them how to fish for men. And so that's one of the principles of of being among the lost or fishing for, uh, for men is that you, you have to be where people are at. Um, so mm -hmm. if you don't go where the fish are, then it's, it's hard to, it's hard to catch any. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, the harvest is never plentiful if you're by yourself. Is that maybe another way to say that or. Right. right. Yeah. Cool. Um, Okay, so uh, then maybe moving a little bit into Prack app, but we can jump around to, back to the abstract if we if we need to. But um, well, you know, when I'm well, I, so there, I am right. I'm knee deep in hand grenade pins, and I'm just gonna. I, I really, I'm sensing that Jesus is moving me. I want to share the gospel with this person. My hands get sweaty. I feel my face getting red. I start thinking that they're gonna think I'm the dumbest person in the world. How have you worked through that? <laughs> well, I wish I could say that I've always had success with that. Um, one of my most most 
painful memories. Like even now was as a young believer uh, before I actually met uh, the navigators, before I met Cecil and Jeannie, I knew I wanted to share my faith. Uh, that was something that had come out of, of, of me coming to faith. I had been reading in the gospel of Matthew and in chapter 10, Jesus says that if you confess me before men, I'll confess you before the father. And so when I came to faith, that was part of the, the deal that I understood from the beginning is that I needed to be someone who was confessing Jesus before men. And so um, myself and another young believer, we decided that we were going to go out and we were going to go door to door and just share our faith. We had never done this before. Um, so we went out, we, we actually got in the car, we drove, we went to the first house and I could not knock on the door. I was, I was so uh, fearful and, and just thinking like, I don't even know what I would say. This is going to be so awkward. Um, and so I think, um, I think part of it is just being in the battle and, and having not just successes, but failures and, and realizing that when you do fail, or even when something does go, um, not the way that you would want it to go, that itself is not a failure. Um, you know, it really is a learning mm -hmm. opportunity and, and Jesus, you know, he, he told us that, that we, we were to be his witnesses, you know, we're not supposed to be salesmen for Jesus. We're, we're mm -hmm. witnesses for Jesus. And so um, when we share our faith, you know, we have no guarantee of, of someone else's response to that. And so part of what's helped me is, I think, realizing that there's things that I'm responsible to do and there's things that I'm not responsible for. And so um, the results are not, are, are not something that I'm responsible for. Um, so that's... Uh, that's something that has has helped me. I don't know if that answered your question, John. Yeah, it does. Yeah, and I'd be curious if, you know, as you've continued to walk with the Lord all these years, is there a passage of scripture, maybe even in the moments or in those moments oh, yeah. of like, you know, what is there a kind of a go-to passage, Andrew, that you think that just motivates you to, to knock on the door, to open the conversation? One that has helped me that, that comes back, I, I memorized it years back, it's Psalm 138.3. It says, uh, when I called, you answered me you made me bold and stout hearted. Hmm. And so I, I, I like that verse because it's, um, it, it really describes how I often feel hmm. um, that I don't feel bold. I don't feel stout hearted. And neither did the psalmist apparently, because he says that when he called, then the Lord made him bold and stout hearted. And so oftentimes, hmm. and it's also a very short verse. It's a very easy prayer. And so uh, just as you were saying, I've, I've experienced that same thing where you, you feel that prompting to share or to, and it could be with a stranger or it could be with someone that you've developed, you've begun to de develop a friendship with and, and you want to open up this part of, of your life, you know, the, the, the faith that you have, the, the belief that you have, the trust that you have in Jesus. And you can begin to worry that, well, is this going to come across awkward? Are they going to take it the wrong way? And so uh, that prayer has been one that I've, I've often said foolish so i think you know that fits in to just be weak and asking god to make me bold stout-hearted yeah. so it is it's an act of it's an act of faith it's also an act of courage to share your faith i was just reading in first corinthians chapter one this morning and it talks about how um that the, the the cross is foolishness to the greeks and it's a stumbling block to the jews and so um well no one wants to <laughs> No one wants to be a stumbling block. No one wants to come across as foolish. Um, and that's the, that's the way that our faith is often going to seem to, to a lot of people. It is going to be something that they look at and, and uh, they may think of it as being foolish. So 
I mean, that, that is part of, that is part of sharing our faith is that, mm -hmm. um, you know, people aren't necessarily going to see it and value it. They're not going to have that faith. So some people are going to see it as being foolish um, or silly. And that's, that's part of it. Right. Okay. So um, last couple questions here and that, that they're kind of one and the same, but two sides, same coin is what would you say is absolutely essential? And then what would you say? Don't ever do this. It, you know, <laughs> anything comes to mind on those. <laughs> Well, the first one, um, I was thinking about this um, recently, actually, and I always love uh, alliteration. So uh, if I can get if I can get multiple things to start with the same letter, I'm always going to do it. And uh, I was thinking about what what is helpful in in sharing our faith. And, and I, I thought of three P's that, that came to mind right away. And so the first is is prayer that that we, we need to understand that this is a, a spiritual endeavor. It's a spiritual battle. And so whether we're praying before we start our day, that, that we're mindful and we're, that we'll be good witnesses uh, for the Lord in the random encounters that we're going to have, or if we've got relationships with family members, friends, coworkers, are we praying for those people that the Lord would be softening their heart and preparing them for the, the message of truth? Um, so prayer is one. The second is presence. And so it kind of goes back to your Christian bubble. You, you have to be bumping in and, and sharing life with people who are not yet in the kingdom. Uh, that's an essential part of, of sharing our faith. And then the last, I would say, is proclamation that you do at some point have to speak up. You have to say the words. Um, the gospel is good news. And news is something that has to be communicated. It's not you know, the, the, the saying of uh, preach the gospel and if necessary, use words is one of my least favorite quotes. Um, you have to use words. And so those are three P's that I would say is pray, be present and proclaim the message, just share. As far as, um, is there one thing that I would say never do? There really isn't. Um, I think if you're doing evangelism, even if you're doing it wrong, uh, you get a passing grade if you're trying to share your faith because <laughs> uh, you're going to, you're going to learn and, and you're also going to be surprised at what God uses. Uh, mm -hmm. You're going to be surprised at how you totally didn't do it the best way. And yet God used that to, to bring someone into the kingdom. So no, I would say there's nothing negative. <laughs> if you're doing it, you know, keep at it. Oh, that's great. Well, we are out of time, Andrew. These are phenomenal. This is so great. I feel like we could just talk for another two hours, but um, I'll cut the podcast off. And uh, so thanks everyone for tuning in. Thanks for listening to Andrew's Wisdom. I will put his link to his website in the show notes. Check it out. Check out what God's doing out there. And uh, it's great, great kingdom stuff. So thanks so much, everyone. We'll see you. Thanks for being part of our community. If you find this podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. You can review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you happen to listen to it. You can share it on social media with your friends. Or you can support it directly by visiting our website, intotheharvest.org, clicking on the donate link, and becoming a monthly giving partner. When you do this, you'll receive a thank you package with some great ITH gear. Thank you for supporting the show and helping our small team make a big difference for Jesus. It's listeners like you that make this ministry possible.